0: Our scripture this morning is from Jeremiah, chapter 20, verses 7 through 13. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering, terror on every side, denounce him, let's denounce him, All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, Perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. I bet you're wondering what, the, what I'm going to
1: do with this text today. Jeremiah getting mad at God, angry at God. In fact, I love Jeremiah. Jeremiah looks at God and calls God a liar. You deceived me and I have been deceived. Who does that? That's a lot of chutzpah. Uh, I, I love this text because it, it speaks to something that we don't really talk about very much in church, and that's Anger. Uh, we don't. We don't. You know, we're not. We're supposed to put on a nice face. We're supposed to be here all holy and think good thoughts and be kind and never, never uh, cuss and do all those things. And you know, I know a lot of you, and that's just not true. <laughs> in fact, I dare say, Pastor Curtis has a little problem with that sometimes. I was in the Air Force for a while, so. Uh, yet, anger is a very real emotion, a God-given emotion at many times and uh, I think it's uh, something we all feel from time to time even if we dare not admit it and there's there's a lot of different kinds of anger there's frustration and impatience, impatience like when you are late and so naturally every car in the world suddenly decides to go five miles under the speed limit and I swear to goodness, I could be the last person in the world and someone would be turning left in front of me. Anger because perhaps someone hurt your feelings or disappointed you, like that time you embarrassed me in front of everybody by telling that story I asked you not to tell. And there's anger born out of disappointment, like when my parents were angry that I stole the candy bar from the store. And like I was angry when they made me go back and tell the guy that I had stolen this candy bar from the store. And then there's other kinds of, There's my favorite kind of anger, I love this one, is righteous indignation. Don't you love righteous indignation? When I'm right and you're wrong, I love that one. Because then I get to say, I'm right and you're wrong. Righteous indignation. Jesus loved a little righteous indignation. It was righteous indignation had Him turning over the tables in the temple and calling the Pharisees all kinds of names. Boy, it's nice when you're right. And everyone else is wrong. (laughs) And you can just put that out there in everybody. And of course, there is this anger we get toward God. And again, we dare not admit it, but there are lots of reasons people get angry at God. Because after all, bad things do happen to good people. What's up with that, God? And cheaters sometimes do prosper. That's very frustrating, God. I don't understand that one. And sometimes we look around this world and we think how can a loving God allow these things to go on? And I dare say this is one of the main reasons people abandon any kind of faith in God. They look around and they go, Where is God's love in the world now? I don't want to understand it. Why doesn't God do something? But I dare say more we're most often angry with God because of some event that has happened in our law in our lives. We've We've lost someone who is dear to us. We've been victimized by a person or the system when we just feel like perhaps God has abandoned us and let us down. And Jeremiah, this angry prophet, Jeremiah felt that way too. He was a young guy called to deliver bad news to the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah. He was the guy who was charged. God said to him, I have a message I need you to take to Israel and Judah that because of their unfaithfulness, I'm going to hand them over to their enemies and they will be forced out of their land and they will be dragged off into exile and they get eventually dragged off to Babylon. Of course, it's Jeremiah's job to give them heads up. Watch out, this is coming. Now, as you can imagine... He was not real popular with people in his neighborhood or in Judah or Israel. He didn't seem to have the best job in the world and he knew it. And he told God, I really don't want to do this. I wish you would just go find somebody else or do something else. But God said, nope, you're my man. Get out there and do this thing. And so he did as he was told. And it wasn't well received. He was chased out of villages. He was beaten up a lot. He was imprisoned. People plotted to kill him. Once he was thrown into a water cistern and left there for dead. They took his scroll and burned it. They didn't invite him to the parties. They left him out of all the fun stuff. And at some point, Jeremiah just began to feel a little picked on and it becomes just too much and he gets angry. We we get to read about his anger in his book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 12, 1-4 says this, You will be in the right, O Lord, when I lay charges against You, but let me put my case to You anyway. Why does the way of the guilty prosper? Why do all who are treacherous thrive you plant them and they take root they grow and bring forth fruit you are near in their mouths yet far from their hearts but you know O lord you know me you see me and you test me my heart is with you pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and set them apart for the day of the slaughter how long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither for the wickedness of those who live in it and the animals and the birds are swept away and because the people said He is blind to our ways. Jeremiah wants to know, when are you going to do something good around here? When are you going to act? And he laments. You now Jeremiah wasn't the only one. I remember Jonah. There's a great story about Jonah. going. He was told to go to Nineveh. And the thing about Nineveh is it was full of the Assyrians. It was right in the heart of the Assyrian capital. These were the enemies of the people of God. They were the worst of the worst. They were the people who oppressed them, who dragged them, who who slaughtered them by the thousands, who took over their land and subjugated their people. And God says, I'm going to save Nineveh. I want you to go to that city and tell them to repent. And Nineveh says, I, or Jonah says, I hate people in Nineveh. I'm not going there. And Jonah goes about as far away from Nineveh as he could get, hops a boat to Tarshish, and this is where all this, this fish business happens. And so finally, compelled by God, he goes to Nineveh and he stands in the middle of the square and he says, you have 40 days or God's going to smite you and I hope He does. And then he walks out. And I'll be darned if they didn't turn it around. Oh, you know what? I think Jonah's right. We repent, God. Help us. And Jonah is so mad. Why did you do that? I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were a just God. I knew that they would repent and I knew that you would save them. I wanted you to just wipe them out. Jonah was an angry, angry prophet and, and displayed that before God in no uncertain terms, just like Jeremiah is doing for us today. And Jeremiah at one point just blows up at God. And we hear that in our text Today and calls God a liar. You deceived me, and I was deceived. Ugh. And God's reply is this <laughs> if you think it's bad now, it's just gonna get it's just gonna get worse. <laughs> you need to relax, because it's just you know, we're we're just getting started here. Jeremiah twelve five says this if you have raced with footrunners... And they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you fall down, how will you fare in the thickets of the Jordan? In other words, if you think it's bad now, how are you going to manage when you go off to Babylon? You better get yourself geared a little bit. You better just resign yourself. (laughs) Because this is happening. God never promised Jeremiah anything easy. And in fact, I think God went out of His way to say, this is going to be hard. You're not going to like it. It's not going to be pleasant. But it's your lot in life. And I'm asking you to do it. In fact, I'm telling you to do it. And there's no way to get around it. But there are some things. There are some things that God did promise Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1.19 says this, They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. And Jeremiah 1.8 says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So, Jeremiah lets it all out on God. And some amazing things happen. What I observe in the text today and in, in all the other laments as well, is Jeremiah, and this happens all over in the Psalms too. I encourage you to look at some of the the less pretty Psalms, the more lamenty Psalms. This always happens in the Psalms. Jeremiah goes from complaint, you deceived me and I was deceived, to praise. In Jeremiah 16, 19 it says, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge on the day of trouble. To you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth and say our ancestors have inherited nothing but lies, worthless things in which there is no profit. And then in our text today, by the time Jeremiah gets to the end, he's saying this, but the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and shall not prevail. They will fall and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, who You who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see Your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. And then he says, Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Wow, that's a change of tune. What happened? Just a few verses prior, Jeremiah was the angry servant. Now he's singing God's praises. Bad things continue to happen to him. He continues to be persecuted. Yet, it seems that Jeremiah realizes somewhere in there that God's hand was with him even in the midst of persecution, agony, despair. And There's something about this letting it all out. Letting God have it. There's something about it that gives you a new, fresh perspective on things. You know, uh, we, we're hesitant to do this. I, this is why I like the Old Testament. They never hesitated to get angry and just let God have it. Moses used to do it all the time. Smite these people, Lord! And God would be like, okay, Moses, relax. We're going we're gonna to work with it a little bit. And of course, I can't help but think of Job, who, who lamented for 40 chapters, About what was going on with him, and yet recognize there's something in there to praise God about, and that is the promise of God being with you, no matter what. And the thing about this anger we have with God is that the last thing you want to do when you're angry with God is to keep it all bundled up inside somewhere. Somewhere by the between the Old Testament and New Testament, we got the idea that God couldn't handle our anger that God's shoulders were that God's feelings might be hurt if you got angry or 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 somehow it would just make God angry if we were frustrated I got to tell you this God's shoulders are broad God can take whatever you're going to throw at him and uh still be okay with it God knows your frustration and your anger already so you may as well just let it out go ahead Get angry with God. God is waiting for you to talk about whatever it is that's making you crazy anyway. So go ahead. I give you permission to get angry. Call God names. Go ahead. Let God have it. Anyway, I'm a, I am used to be a West Wing fan. Remember that that TV show, West Wing? There's one scene right after the president's secretary is killed in an auto accident and he goes into the he has the secret service lock up the the national cathedral and he spends about 10 minutes just yelling at god cursing in latin so we don't know what he's saying but <laughs> but getting angry at god and then it, at the la, at the last thing he he had a cigarette in his mouth he throws it down and he puts it out in the altar area angry at god runs out it's an incredible spiritual thing to be able to just let all that out and who better to let it out on i'll tell you what if you don't take it out on god you're going to take it out on someone else probably someone who can't take it nearly as much as god can so you may as well let god have it the other thing that we tend to do if if we're not if we're not if our anger doesn't just make us frustrated, the other thing we tend to do is to just walk away and not speak to God at all. And just say, you know what? I'm done. I've noticed this a lot. People have a tendency to do this. Sometimes we do this to people when we're angry too. But we walk away from our faith and we say, you know what? I just don't even want to talk to you. I just don't even want to talk to you about it. We're done. And the problem with that is, is that it, it's just like people. People. You know what? If you're angry at Pastor Curtis and you don't come talk to me about it, then we're pretty well done. That's pretty much the end of the relationship. Because without the opportunity for me for if I've done something wrong and you and and we don't we don't find some path to reconciliation, someone doesn't come to me and say, "You know what? You hurt my feelings when you did that." Then I get the opportunity to say, "You are right and I'm I'm really sorry. I need to work on that. That was cold and callous or mean-spirited or I was trying to be funny and it wasn't very funny and you're right. And then we can work on reconciling our relationship. It's The same with God. And what Jeremiah discovered here is when, when Jeremiah got his anger out, by the time he got to the end of his tirade, what he realized is that God was sorry this was all happening to him too. God really didn't want these people to beat up on Jeremiah. But it's the way people are reacting to what God is doing. And He's with Jeremiah every step of the way. Weeping when he weeps. Getting angry when he gets angry. and Walking the path with him. and somehow that turns jeremiah's anger to praise but if jeremiah never spoke to god they would have never had an opportunity to get to that point point. and jesus, the other thing is that jesus gives us all this we, we get the red light we get the green light from jesus to just lay all of our burdens down right my yoke is easy my burden is light lay yours down and take mine on Jesus calls us to lay those burdens down. Bitterness and anger and frustration, those are heavy burdens for us to carry around. I can tell you, I've I've met a lot of folks who, and and forgive me if this applies to you, I'm sorry if what I'm saying is relevant to your life, But, (laughs) but I've met a lot of folks who grew up being forced to go to a church that made them feel like crap about who they were and what they were about. And I've met folks when they were in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 50s, in their 60s, who carry the burden of that bitterness. And they tell me because it's, they tell me by way of saying, this is why I don't go to church they carry the burden of that bitterness and that anger and that frustration with them everywhere they go and it comes out when they start talking to me about church and the other thing is I've seen a lot of folks within this church and other churches who have come and reclaimed for themselves a faith of their own almost as if to say you know what you, you laid this on me and you took away something that was precious to me, my faith. And I'm claiming it back. You're not going to take it away from me just because you have your opinions about things. I'm claiming it back. and I am going to keep my relationship with God. And I'm going to keep my faith community. And I'm going to continue to grow in my love of God and love of people. And When people do that, man, that burden just gets released the, the bitterness the anger all of that gets gets taken away when you can come back and you can say god you and i have a beef but i'm here to work it out so that i can be together with you again the anger the frustration the hate the anguish the pain the hurt the despair the loneliness jesus says lay that down be released Of all of that. Jesus can take it. But it starts by being honest with ourselves and how we are feeling. When we're glad, rejoice with God. When we're sad, mourn with God. When we're angry, share that with God too. When we do, though our circumstances may not change, though we still may... Not you know, be struggling with work, be struggling with relationships, be struggling with sense of purpose. But our perspective changes. And we see that in the midst of it all there is hope to hang on to. That hope is provided through relationship we have with the Holy, the Creator of the universe, with a God who loves us like children. Loves us like a parent loves a child who wants good things in our life to happen. Even though we're sick, we can rejoice in the Lord. Even though we, our burdens are many, we can rejoice in the Lord. Even though we feel persecuted, we can rejoice in the Lord because we have received the promise. The promise that wherever you go, God is with you. When you are work, and you lose that promotion that you should have got, but that other guy got. I am with you and will rescue you, says the Lord. When you are at home and you and your spouse are frustrated with each other again, I am with you and will rescue you, says the Lord. When some sin has you on the ropes for the hundredth time and you're feeling like you will never get past this this bottle, this pipe, these pills, or this habit. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, you are with me. We just don't understand how we could lose our loved ones. Lo, I am even with you unto the end of the age. When we lose our job, or our spouse leaves us when we just feel like we've had it up to here. Strong. Courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God wants a real, honest, deep, put-it-all-out-there kind of relationship. And His commitment to us is this, that no matter what we are feeling, God is there to help you get through it, to walk you through it, walk with you, find your way toward a new day and a new light and a new hope. Let us pray.